My name is Greg Knapp. This is Find Your Purpose, Live Your Passion. Today, we're going to have an interview with Tom Ziegler. His new book is Choose to Win. Then, if you're about to give up, don't until you listen to this. And finally, I'm going to tell you why you should quit more. Wait, what? Hang in. Let's go. You know how you sometimes feel stuck? Like you're drifting through life, going through the motions? You know you were created for something more, that an average life just isn't enough for you. Then you're in the right place. Find your purpose. Live your passion. Let's go. I'm bringing in Tom Ziegler. He's a success and motivation expert, CEO of the Ziegler Corporation, proud son of Zig Ziegler. He's got a new book out called Choose to Win, Transform Your Life One Simple Choice at a Time. Get it at Ziegler.com because that's when you're going to get all the bonuses and you even get a signed copy. You know me, I love these kind of books, Tom. This is the kind of stuff I like to do and I write. The good news that I think is that you can change. I love how you say it starts with identifying your why. Okay, I totally agree with that. It all starts with your why. So explain why that's so important. You know, I love to explain things with a story, and I'll give a statement first. Most people come to me, and I do a lot of work with leaders and people who are kind of in the sweet spot of life, and now they want to do the, the legacy stuff. And they'll say, Tom, I'm not sure if what I'm doing is the right thing. And here's what I say. Hey, you know what? What you do is real important, but it's not near as important as the why. And they'll have this look in their head. So this is the story. This guy is an executive. The company that he's a senior executive with has been in business 400, or 400 years. Wow. Thousands of employees. It's out of Great Britain. He says, you know, I'm going to quit. I, I, you know, why? Well, I want to go in and I want to do mentoring and coaching for young leaders between 25 and 35. And I'm like, wow, that's fantastic. Uh, why do you want to do that? Well, I was a young leader once and I see so many people with all this talent and ability and they're messing it up because they're making bad decisions. And I want to help them before they mess up so that they can achieve what I believe they can. That's fantastic. So then I asked the, the question, so why do you want to quit? He goes, what do you mean? I go, you're in a huge company. I know a little bit about it. Do you like to develop your young leaders internally or do you like to recruit them from the outside? I go, oh, we like to develop them internally. And I go, okay, so that's awesome. Would it be of value to your company to, to create more young leaders? Oh yeah, do you ever lose some because of bad decisions? Oh yeah, all the time. That's why I wanna do this. Well, I've got a crazy idea. What if you went to the executive team that you're a part of and you said, hey, I want to try a pilot and I want to put together a mentor coaching program for 10 or 12 of these young leaders. And it's like the whole world changed in three seconds because he realized all of a sudden that he could do his why right where he was. His what didn't have to change, the intentionality of his what needed to change. So here's the cool thing. Yeah. When you know your why, it changes how you do things. And how you do things, when it changes, it opens the doors of what? Man, I love that. Yeah, that is awesome. I, I like to say, you know how that old expression, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I think it's a Buddhist saying. I, I kind of say the same thing with what you just did there. When you get 100% clear on your why, 
then your what and your how shows up. It energizes your how. And, and we've all had this experience. We've, we've gone out to a restaurant. It could be any type of restaurant, you know, high end, middle of the road. And you'll come across the waiter or the waitress and they've got the how down. I mean, they've, they're on time. They've got, you know, they're pleasant and they give you encouragement and they've got recommendations. And you say, tell me about yourself. They're not waiting for the purpose of waiting. It's for a higher calling. They'll either tell you this is a stepping stone to their dream and the better they do here, the faster they get to their dream, or they found what they love. The better they do it, the more they love it. But both of those things tie into the why. The people who are just, oh man, I can't believe I have to do this job. Man, they haven't tapped into their why yet. And because of that, the doors of what won't open up. How many great people do you know who started off in a service business kind of down low and now they're running organizations because they had a purpose, a why, and people gave them the break. It happens every day. And the big thing you just said there that I love is so many people think in order to be happy or to pursue my purpose, I have to leave this job. And you can do it right where you are. Even if eventually you're going to leave that job, you can immediately start living that life of purpose as you're moving towards that new job and what you're doing right now, right? That's what we're talking about with the waitress. You don't have to just leap. You know, everybody says, go big or go home. Well, sometimes then you end up going home. I say, start where you are and, and, and grow it. Absolutely. You know, and we, we do a thing when we work with businesses and individuals. We say, what is your dream? What's your passion? It's hard to drag it out of people sometimes and they elevate it. So if you're a business leader, you got somebody on your team, what are your team members' dreams? Well, when they identify it, your role now becomes, how do I help you get your dream? Right. Now, here's what's interesting about dreams. Dreams take time and money. You know, think about it. I want to retire. I want, I want the lake house. I want to travel. I want to start a nonprofit. I want to pay for my kid's college education, whatever that dream is. Well, if I understand the better I do on the job, the faster I get my dream, then the magic happens. Because ultimately, we don't want people coming to work for a paycheck. We want them to come to work for a dream. Absolutely. Uh, talking to Tom Ziegler here, the book is called Choose to Win, Transform Your Life One Simple Choice at a Time. Link to get it at the bottom of the show notes. So we understand how important the why is. What I like is you, you start talking in the book about how do you find that? So how would somebody listening go, I want to find my why, I have no idea what to do. Well, there's a, there's a lot of illustrations in the book that go into it. You know, there's a couple of things that I do is, is I draw three circles and they overlap in the middle. Okay, so if you're driving down the road, don't do this while you're driving. But think about this, three circles, they overlap in the middle. So one circle says, okay, these are the problems that people bring me. So this is a clue. What type of problems show up on your desk? Are they relationship problems? Are they business problems? What are they? That is a signal that you're gifted in that area. The second circle is, man, what am I passionate about? What, what could I do all day long, every day? The time just flies. I love it. Mm -hmm. So that's the second circle. The third circle is, what's the biggest obstacle or challenge I've overcome in my life? And it could be a self-inflicted one where you made a really bad choice and you had to deal with the consequences. It could be uh, bad luck or fate, or it could be where you were born or, you know, something beyond your control, yet you overcame it. Where those three things intersect, 
your natural gift and talent, what you're passionate about, and the biggest obstacle or challenge you've overcome. That is a great place to start looking for your passion. Sometimes people are reluctant to say, this is my purpose, right? Because what if we're wrong? But this is what I believe. I'm a believer and I believe our creator put passions in us on purpose. They're a clue. And when we discover our passion, it leads us to our purpose. And so where do we start looking? We start looking, what do I love to do? What kind of problems do people naturally bring me that I'm gifted at solving? Where are my scars in life and what have I learned in that hard road? And where those three things intersect, it's probably going to give you a clue as to where to start looking to find your purpose. Then you just try it. And if it doesn't work, then you try something else. But don't get stuck thinking, if this is the wrong one, my, my life is over. Like you said, they're, they're in there for a reason. Let's bring them out and try them. I'm talking with Tom Ziegler. The book is called Choose to Win, Transform Your Life One Simple Choice at a Time. Get it at Ziegler.com. Hey, because you listen to the podcast, I want to give you my book, Go for free. Just go to gregorybnapp.com slash go free. It's in the show notes as well. gregorybnapp.com slash go free. Success is what most people want. And people have so many different definitions of what it is. And you, you mentioned the book, you better figure out what success means to you first, right? Yeah, absolutely. Success is doing what I want, when I want, with who I want. You know, it's financial freedom. It's all these different things. We described it, dad had this original definition that I love. Success is the maximum utilization of the abilities that God gave you. When we focus on that, we're no longer comparing ourselves to other people. That sets you free. And that allows you not only to start growing and achieving more, but to enjoy it while you do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember the story of the talents in the Bible and the master comes back and, and the people that, tried to do something with the talent that the master had given them, he's very happy with. And the person that just buried it and didn't do anything, he's not very happy with. We're supposed to go out there and shine with what we've been given. That's right. And, and the master didn't say, hey, Greg, what did you do with the talents I gave Tom? Right. <laughs> it's no, it's what did I give you? What did you do with that? Great point. Great point. I've got clients that I coach. I would say 95% of them really do already know what to do. It's just them trying to figure out how to do it and then consistently doing it, right? I don't know if you found that in your coaching, Tom, but I think so much of it goes to the mindset. So what do you see as the most important mental choices for people to make to start going down the path they really want to be on? Well, there's two. Uh, the first one is you choose the right input. The number one lesson I learned from Zig Ziglar, my dad, was you choose the input the good, the clean, the pure, the powerful, the positive. That's why I love coaching and I love people who seek out a coach. I've got coaches who coach me and I coach other people. So every day I'm reading, listening to, associating with people who put the right information in. The number two choice is what do you say to yourself? Your self-talk. The most powerful story in the world is the story you tell yourself. Mm. And so when I'm working with somebody who seems like they should be advancing faster than they are, but they're not, I can usually pinpoint it on one of those two things. Because if you get the right input and you tell yourself the right story, action follows that. 
I love that too, because, uh, and I've written on this and, and talked to people about this counseling psychology is what I did before I got into radio and coaching. Albert Ellis, rational motive therapy is big on this where people should on themselves, you know, I should do this. I should do this. or I shouldn't do that. And then they also are telling themselves these things like I never do that, or this always happens to me. And we talk to ourselves the way we would never talk to someone else. I mean, we are so mean to ourselves and insulting to ourselves and demeaning. And, I'm, and I say, listen, would you say that even to your worst enemy? But you're saying it to yourself. And then sometimes that'll wake people up and be like, you're right. And, and that's like you said, Tom, you've got to change that self-talk. And it sounds touchy-feely, but I'm telling you, if it's over and over and over in your head how horrible you are, gee, I can't imagine why you're having troubles. <laughs> We had a we had a big uh, call yesterday, and and this person asked the question. I'm in a funk. I don't know how to get out of it. And one of our coaches said, "Who told you you were in a funk? I mean, were you walking down the hallway and somebody said, hey, 'Hey, you're in a funk'? No, you're in a funk because you told yourself you're in a funk. It's that story we tell ourselves." You had a great story in your book. You were in Australia giving a talk, and somebody asked you, "What's the quickest way to success?" And just you just kind of popped out of your mouth. The quickest way to success is to replace bad habits with good habits. And that's become a big thing for you now, which I totally agree with. I had Charles Duhigg on my show. He, he wrote The Power of Habit. And he said the best way to change a bad habit is you have to replace it with a good habit. So you're right there. So how do people do that when they say, yeah, I know I got these bad habits. I don't know how to fix them. When you get rid of a bad habit, you create a vacuum. And something's got to fill it. The easiest example is people who quit smoking. They usually gain weight. A big percentage of them do. Some of it's because they replace a craving for nicotine and they soften the blow with some carbs, right? Another one is the physical movement of moving the hand to the mouth. A great strategy is to have a, a bottle of water with you wherever you go. And every time you get the urge, instead of the bad habit of the nicotine, the cigarette, you do the good habit of the bottle of water. You take a sip. That's the concept. Years ago, we, we had all of our salespeople and we took away their responsibility to enter orders into the computer, which freed up about an hour of sales time a day. So I'm the genius putting this in and I'm thinking our sales are going to go up by an hour's worth of call volume. Guess what happened? The sales stayed exactly the same. Why? Because we didn't intentionally put anything in that extra time. There was no expectation. So when you get rid of a bad habit, what you really want to do is replace it with the good habit. And then we really focus on what we call termite sized habits. Get rid of a little tiny bad habit and replace it with a little tiny good habit and do that consistently. Like dad used to say, hurricanes and tornadoes get all the publicity, but when it comes to damage done to houses, termites do more damage and they take such little bitty bites. I love that because when it's a huge idea, we sometimes feel overwhelmed and we don't do anything. If we can just take that one step at a time and that time and time and time and time, that's what adds up to the big change. Your future really is made up of a whole lot of what right nows, right? So if you can do something right now and right now and right now, then you got that future you want. Talking with Tom Ziegler here on Find Your Purpose, Live Your Passion. Here's the one that I get sometimes from people that I'm, aren't really my clients. They're just people I meet on the street and they think I'm too optimistic. And they'll say, they say this to you too, Tom. 
All right. You say I can choose to win, but you know, Tom, you were born with privilege. You were, you were born in a great family. You were, you were born in a great place. You had a great education. Yeah. You haven't experienced discrimination. You're not in a crime ridden neighborhood. You don't have an illness or a handicap. So it's really not fair. It's not about choosing to win. We have people and circumstances in society holding us back. So if somebody says that to you, how do you respond? Well, the first piece on the attitude is this. There's a quote that I love by a famous guy named Zig Ziglar. <laughs> a positive attitude won't let you do anything, but it will let you do everything better than a negative attitude. So there is no downside to adopting and practicing the positive side. It doesn't matter how bad things are. If we go that route, we're going to be better off. There's a story in the book Born to Win, which was dad's last book. And there were two people twin brothers. One of them's in prison for 30 years. The other one is an icon in the community, started like nine businesses, worth millions, giving away millions. They go to the first one in prison. They said, why are you in prison? He said, well, my father is an alcoholic. He was abusive. He beat my mother. He beat me and my brother. Where else would I be? Okay. That makes sense, right? Terrible. So then they go to his twin brother who is an icon. He's given away millions. They say, What's, how do you explain where you are? And he said, well, my father was an alcoholic. He was abusive. He beat me and my mother. I've spent my whole life trying to be the opposite of him. Where else would I be? Yeah, you got a choice, right? It's a choice. What was it like growing up with your dad being Zig Ziglar? I mean, I can just imagine some of the things. We, dad, I don't feel like doing that today. Well, let me tell you, son. When your opportunity clock woke you up this morning, <laughs> right? I mean, what was it like? It was unbelievable. Dad was more of an introvert at home, kind of quiet, but as good as he was on stage, he was even better off stage. Okay, so now I'm 13, 14 years old. It's Sunday morning. I'm craving to sleep like all great young teenagers do. And dad would come in to wake me up at 7.30 to get ready to go to church. <sighs> I'd lean out, you know, I'd look over my eyes, you know, barely open. I'd say, dad, do I have to go to church? And he'd look at me and he'd go, no, son, you get to go to church. <laughs> that is a dad staple right there. You get to, you get you to. Get to. Oh man, that's great. My dad was big on burning daylight. Like Saturday morning, the only morning I could sleep in. Eight o'clock a.m. My dad's pounding on the door. Why? Why are you sleeping the day away? There's daylight outside. Let's go. Oh, I got a Saturday morning story for you. We used to have a yard man named Mr. Smith. And they would come Saturday morning and about eight o'clock every day, they would be trimming the bushes outside of my window with the old fashioned non-electric, non-gas uh, clippers. And dad would walk outside in a voice that could be heard 200 yards away. Mr. Smith, how are you doing? What's going on? Every Saturday during the summer. <laughs> that night at dinner, this is what dad would tell me. He'd say, hey, did you hear what Mr. Smith said? Blah, blah, blah. And then he would look me in the eye and he'd say, son, he put his five children through college with his yard business. Wow. And what dad was really telling me is, son, whatever you do, do it with integrity because the blessings flow. And so he had unbelievable respect for the yard guy. I love that. Right? That is so great. And that's the kind of integrity that you talk about in your book that you know you got to have good character traits and then choose to win that's right choose to win and you don't have those it's not going to go great 
Well, Tom, we appreciate the time. The book is called Choose to Win, Transform Your Life One Simple Choice at a Time. Ziggler.com to get the book and all the bonuses. We've got it all in the show notes. Thanks so much for being with me, Tom. You bet. Thank you for having me, Greg. All right. All the best. On to part two. And remember, free gift at GregoryBnap.com. Gregory B is in boy, K-N-A-P-P.com. If you have a question or a comment for the show, something you want me to tackle in a future episode, just dial up 904-373-6591. 904-373-6591. Leave your message there with the voicemail. I'll put it right into the show. It's in the show notes as well. You ever gotten to that point where you're about to give up? I mean, you've been working really hard, but you're feeling frustrated because you got all these big ideas. You've worked extra hours. You put in the sacrifices. And what have you gotten? Exactly, Jack Squat. Maybe. But here's my question to you. What if you're this close? I'm putting my fingers really close together. You just can't see. What if you're this close to a breakthrough? I mean, what if that last little bit of work would put you on a path to something that could really change your life? You know, some of the best things in my life happened just before I was about to give up. My first job in talk radio? Way back in the 90s, all right? I wasn't a talk show host. Oh, no. I was working for minimum wage, doing all the grunt work and overnight shifts. I even had to buy time just to get a chance to be on the air. Now, pretty quickly, they were kind enough, and I use that term loosely, to let me provide a show for the station for free so I didn't have to pay to work. But I was still at the point where I wasn't getting paid. I mean, yay, I always wanted to work for free. Okay, maybe not. So I wasn't exactly reaching the tops of my radio dreams yet. Man, I love that word, yet. Even though my wife's job and my part-time job as a mental health counselor were earning enough to support us, that's what I was doing back then, I felt like I was really letting her down. And I told her, listen, honey, I'm about to quit. I'm going to quit this radio dream thing and get a real job, full-time counseling job again. But she convinced me to stay. She said, listen, Greg, stay at least until the end of the year. She's awesome. Yeah. And she said, hey, you're actually pretty good at this. Yeah, she's kind of funny too. So about a month later is when I was actually offered my first full-time job as a talk show host. And it was on the number one station in town. Now, that was the start of my 21-year career so far as a radio talk show host. That included some national syndication. That included stints in Dallas and Kansas City and Jacksonville. But what if I'd given up just one month before my big break? What if you give up one month before your big break? Or one week or one day? You know, I like to watch The Voice with my daughter. Greg! Give me your man card. All right, listen, I like the show. And I like watching it with my daughter because she loves to sing. Now, one of the contestants in one of the seasons we were watching, married, kids, he's a teacher, sings on the side, and he's been doing it for over a decade without much success at all. And he told his brother, like I told my wife, he told his brother, hey, dude, I'm about to give up on this idea of a singing career. It is not happening. And that's when he got the spot on The Voice. So what if you are this close? I mean, this guy now can get booked all the time and he's making money and he's turning it into a career. What if you're that close? So before you give up, here's what you need to do. Think about why you held on for so long. Before you give up, do that double check. 
Number one, remember why you want it. Is that why still strong for you? Remember we were talking to Tom Ziegler about your why. Why are you working this hard? And why are you doing what other people aren't willing to do? When you think about it, isn't it really because then you will get to do what other people aren't able to do? Number two, review the progress you've made so far. You might be surprised at what you've already accomplished. Sometimes we just think too much about the negative. And then there's number three, review your plan. What parts are working? What parts aren't working? And what could you change to get better results? See, when you're trying something and it doesn't work, don't just throw it out. Look at what has worked, what hasn't worked, and tweak it. You know, it's that old uh, story about planes. You know, when you're flying from New York to L.A., you think you're on a straight line to L.A. No, not at all. Almost every second, the plane is going a little bit off course. And the plane is constantly, constantly correcting. A little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, to stay on track to L.A. That's what our life is like. We're constantly going a little bit off, a little bit off, and we got to keep getting ourselves back on track so we end up where we want to go. You just keep tweaking the flight plan until you get it right. And then number four, imagine what your life would be like if this started turning around for you. See, sometimes we, we forget what we're going for and the feelings we're going to get and the life we're going to get and the freedom we're going to get and everything we're working for. So just take a minute. And imagine what your life would be like if this started turning around. What would change? How would it impact you? How would it impact those you love? How would it impact everyone around you? And how would it make you and your loved ones feel? And how would it help you change the world? I love what Nelson Mandela said. It always seems impossible until it's done. I mean, really think about it. Everybody thought it was impossible to fly until the Wright brothers did it. Everybody thought it was impossible to land a man on the moon until the United States did it. That was on a sound studio. All right, conspiracy guys. <laughs> we just celebrated being on the moon. So it's always seems impossible until it's done. And then number five, give yourself some grace. I mean, maybe you just need to slow down. Maybe you need to take a bit more time on this. Maybe you're burning yourself out. Maybe you're expecting too much too soon. You know, it's, it's interesting. We tend to overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in five. So maybe you're overestimating right now. Maybe you're burning yourself out. You're expecting too much. Go for smaller successes and then build. Get another success and another success. Get bigger and bigger successes and give yourself some grace when you stumble. You're human. It's okay. And then finally, as I'm going to tell you a lot on this show, email me. I want to know what you're going through and I want to help you. Email me before you give up and see if I can help you. My email address is greg at gregorybnapp.com. Greg at Gregory, B as in boy, K-N-A-P-P.com. I really do want to help you. TFI said this, to conquer frustration, one must remain intensely focused on the outcome, not the obstacles. So are you focused on the outcome or your obstacles? And here's a question for you to think about. How do you keep going when you feel like giving up? You can also just call me 
and leave me a voicemail, and I might even put this in the next show. So it's 904-373-6591. 904-373-6591. Leave me a voicemail with your question, with your comment, and I'll put you in the show. We got a little bit more for you today because I just went through what you should do before you quit, right? Okay, now I'm going to flip it. I'm going to talk to you about why you should quit more. What? Greg, hold on a second. You just went through how you shouldn't quit. And now you're telling me you should quit? I mean, quitters never win and winners never quit, right? Didn't your little league coach tell you that? Well, yeah, but I think that's actually wrong. And let me explain to you, okay? Well, you better explain something, man, because you're freaking me out. Never give up. Now it's okay to quit. I think you got a little too much gas at the dentist, Greg. Maybe an early and often trip to Margaritaville. Hey, easy speed racer, let me explain this to you. I understand the conventional wisdom here, and it's that you should never give up. But my thing is, that's true once you've set your mind to something. And I, and I agree to a point. But listen, there's a big difference, a big difference between giving up and deciding to quit something. See, if you stop working towards what you know is your passion and purpose because it's too hard or, or somebody talked you out of it or you got sidetracked on unimportant stuff, I don't know, maybe you had to watch the Game of Thrones marathon so you finally knew what everybody was talking about. That's giving up. Greg, the show's over. I, I know, but back before it was over. That's what I hope you won't do. If, however, you're trying out new things to see what fits on you, to see what excites you and what might really get you excited about going deeper on, then it's perfectly okay to stop doing something once you find out you truly don't enjoy it. That's what I'm talking about. And that's what we're going to get into in just a second. There are two really smart dudes I want to quote right now because it goes right with what we're saying. First, Albert Einstein said this, it's not that I'm so smart. It's just that I stay with problems longer. Maybe you just haven't stayed with this long enough. And then there's Thomas Edison. He said, many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Is that you? Are you this close? Can you hang in just a little bit longer because of your why? When you're trying out new things, you got to try out a bunch of them to see what fits, to see what gets you excited, to see what you might want to keep working on. It's perfectly okay to stop doing something once you've tried it and realized this isn't for me. I love what Emerson said. All life is an experiment. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to experiment with your life and experiment with things that you think might be exciting. But how will you know what you really like if you don't try it? And, and how can you um, keep trying new things if you can never quit? I mean, there's only so many things you can do, right? Look, I don't want you to feel like once you try something new, you can never quit or you're a failure because that might stop you from trying awesome things. And how can you keep being awesome if you stop trying awesome things? Really, it comes down to this, and you can tweet this out. If it's never okay to quit, doesn't that make it harder to keep trying awesome new things? Who's awesome? You're awesome. So we can do that, Stuart Smalley, in front of the mirror if we want. Look, what if you discover that what you're struggling with isn't really your passion or purpose? 
What if you realize you're trying to do what you think you're supposed to do? What if you're actually trying to live out the dream your parents had for your life? Or maybe you're trying to please somebody else. Who is it for you? Uh, it could be different for all of us. But wouldn't it be crazy to keep pursuing somebody else's goals once you realize that? I mean, sometimes it takes courage to quit. So how do you know the difference? How do you know when you're giving up? How do you know when you're quitting? Well, here's what I like to do. And here's what I make my children do. If you want to try something new, maybe it's a new project, new job, career, a sport, an instrument, dance lessons, learning a new language, whatever it is for you, determine a set amount of time that you're going to continue trying it no matter what. I usually tell my kids about six months to a year at the most, but six months is usually pretty good. If you decide you don't like it at the end of that trial period, then you can quit without being an actual quitter. Van Gogh said this, what would life be if we had no courage to attempt anything? That'd be pretty sad, wouldn't it? Hey, you're not quitting because you can't stick with something after this trial. You did stick with it. You stuck with it six months or you stuck with it a year. You did what you set out to do. You learned it wasn't a good fit for you. And now you're moving on to something else. Now, of course, if it is a good fit for you, awesome, keep doing it. And now start going deeper. And now you're on your way. But remember, you can try a new job or business without quitting your old one. And this is key. Some people think you have to, you know, throw everything away or you have to take this big leap. You can ease into it. I'm going to get more into this in just a second because you don't have to go big right away. You don't have to take a big leap and risk everything. Take the baby steps you need, but you've got to take some action. And see, sometimes it's easier to take those baby steps. And that's why I'm saying take them, but you got to start it today. You get an idea, you get a desire, and you've got to feed it. And when you feed it, it grows. If you don't, it will strangle and die. Don't let your dreams die. Feed it. Take some action right now. I mean, like literally, when you get home from listening to this, if you're driving your car, do something tonight to get it started. C.S. Lewis said this, you never know what you can do until you try and very few try unless they have to. You ever notice that? Sometimes the biggest things we've tried is because we had to do it. Well, don't let somebody push you to do it. Do it because you want to. Again, here's another one for you. When's the last time you tried something new just to see if it was a good fit? When's the last time you did that? Was it when you were a kid? Sometimes we give up on this stuff. So when was the last time and how did you know if it was a good fit? Again, you can call me and leave me the answer to that at 904-373-6591, 904-373-6591, or you can email that to me, greg at gregorybnap.com. I've got just this last little bit I want to hit today before we run out of our time together. And it's about that go big or go home. I talked about it with Tom Ziegler. We just talked about it a minute ago. I think that is terrible advice. Sometimes we try that. We aim too high and run too fast, and we should all over ourselves. You start saying, I should have gotten more done. I should have been smarter. I should have achieved my goal already. I shouldn't have eaten that entire pizza and the pint of ice cream. But Oh, wait a second. Maybe that's just me. Uh, sorry about the whole pizza thing. Uh, uh, look, two things happened to me this week that reminded me how destructive all of this is. Except for the don't eat a whole pizza thing. I really should stop doing that. I'm trying. 
So first I heard an interview where a world-class female athlete was asked how she accomplished so much. Her reply was awesome. Here it is. I didn't really have lofty goals when I started. I just wanted to get good enough and make enough money to feed my dog. Once I did that, I set higher goals. Now I set goals I couldn't have dreamed of before. Yeah, see, she created a goal and achieved it. Then she created momentum. And she has so much confidence now that her goals are huge. See, go big or go home can be wrong and discouraging. I say start, build, then go big. She didn't live by the whole t-shirt slogan, go big or go home. She did what we're talking about. Go small, win, go bigger, win. And now she goes extra, extra large. Michael Corda said this, one way to keep momentum going is to have constantly greater goals. Hey, don't get me wrong. Setting big goals is an awesome thing to do. Just don't let the size of those goals paralyze you from taking action. Don't become discouraged because you didn't change the world in a day. Instead, just take your big goal and break it down. You create smaller goals and that helps you get there. And, and then you create these action plans for the next day, week, month, six months, year, five years, so that you can take action every day. And that's when you watch your small steps turn into something huge. But again, we keep talking about it. Get started today. Ben Franklin said this, you may delay, but time will not. And the second thing that happened to me, a new friend of mine spoke about grace. He reminded me we're all flawed. No matter how much we try, we make mistakes and it's okay. So just give yourself some grace and give your friends and family some grace and take a breath. And if you've had a tough time or two, budget some time for a pity party. You know, not long though, maybe five minutes. Then you regroup and then you go again. You keep doing that and success will come. I got one more quote for you today from B.F. Skinner. Now, he's an American psychologist, really focused on behaviorism. And he said this, a failure is not always a mistake. It may simply be the best one can do under the circumstances. The real mistake is to stop trying. See, as long as you keep trying, you're not a failure. Of course, it's as long as you're trying something you really want to do. Hey, because you listen to the podcast, I want to give you my book, Go, for free. Just go to gregorybnapp.com slash go free. It's in the show notes as well, gregorybnapp.com slash go free. Hey, how can I help you? What questions can I answer for you? You can email me that at greg at gregorybnapp.com, link in the show notes. So please subscribe to the podcast, rate us, write a review, tell your friend. Thanks for being a part of building this thing. Let's go.